I'm joined by Kira Murphy and Keith Adams. Both of you have just joined the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice and you have different roles there. So I want to talk to you about those roles. I'll begin with you, Kira. your title, your role and what you're doing there. So my title is Environmental Policy Advocate. I work with other coalitions such as Stop Climate Case Coalition to lobby the government for better environmental policy but then we also have a communication role where we write articles for the messenger and for our website and also just try and try and communicate to people the importance of good environmental policy. And what about you Keith? Yes, um, my role is social policy advocate. So I look after two main areas of penal reform and housing policy. And I suppose there's two main facets to the role would be producing original research into in housing and prison policy. And then the second role would be more of the advocacy role where I would be producing submissions to various government departments kind of prior to new policy in the, both those areas. And then also, similar to Kira mentioned, producing a whole range of outputs from submissions right down to my magazine articles, blog posts for the Jesuits website and various other outlets as well. So your backgrounds then, Kira, you're an environmentalist, you did your PhD in what area? Um, so I did my PhD in environmental microbiology in UCD. So I actually looked at how different disturbances impact the microbial environment in marine sediments. So I've always been interested in environment, so I kind of wanted to work on more the advocacy side instead of the research side, as I thought that might be more to my skills. And more to maybe what you feel inside. I mean, it's one thing to, and it's good to have the academic background, but then to bring that to bear, you can bring about change in society. And particularly at this time where the environment is such a a big hot topic. Yeah. So with research, it's hugely important, but we also need to get the message out and to make people care about the environment. That is what I decided I wanted to go into. Keith, can I talk to you? You talked also about making submissions to government. Is that through Working Notes, the Jesuit publication? Working Notes, I suppose, has would have two main audiences. So it would have people that would be involved in the, the wider, I suppose, body of Jesuits. But then it would also have people that would, in similar work to us, so people in NGOs and students and people in university. We, I suppose we pitch for that level of between people that would be interested, but it wouldn't be kind of just popular writing in that sense. So, But I suppose regarding submissions that would that's tend to be some more formalized structure so we pitch it for I suppose a high rank in civil servant somebody who'd maybe pick it up and that we would try to I suppose maybe push the envelope slightly on what um, what we think would be social policy that would be just and fair within kind of modern Ireland so this is your submission you pitch at that level um, yeah, working so, notes. So, for example, uh, so working notes I don't think would be a submission in the formal sense it would be very much an I suppose an informal way of doing it so I suppose more formalised for example would be submissions to say the Department of Justice regarding a youth justice strategy or a piece Kieran and I worked on for the Department of Agriculture regarding the new common agricultural policy as well so that's often department will create a window for submissions of maybe four to six weeks and that allows civil society bodies like the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice to make a formalised submission as part of that process. Do you feel hopeful that that's read and taken into account, Kira? It's definitely read because that would be one of the prerequisites of it. But I suppose it kind of depends. You can tell if it's read or taken into account by what the policy produces afterwards. So um, historically, I know that a lot of the submissions that other groups would make, a lot of the recommendations wouldn't be taken into account. But that might change now as it's getting more awareness around the environment is getting is getting bigger so 
they might take into account more, I suppose. And Keith, yourself, there are many institutions that deal with social policy, um, non-government organisations, as they're called, and indeed government organisations. Why did you decide that you would apply for a job with the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice? I suppose for for a number of reasons. Um, I suppose firstly, I've I've been familiar with the work of the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice since my first master's in Maynooth. From initial uh, criminology module, I would have followed a lot of recent work. Um, I suppose advantages, I think that... For me, there's two main reasons that I applied for the Jesuits. Firstly, I think the strength of, I think, Catholic social teaching and the very much working at that intersection of faith and justice, I think, is very important. I think it's, it provides a voice that a lot of other, I suppose, NGOs and civil society bodies don't have. They would be maybe more, I suppose, procedural and kind of maybe human rights is kind of their base point. Um, and then I suppose secondly, I think a lot of other, and this is not a criticism at all, this is just how our civil society is now, but NGOs are quite siloed in their areas of interest. So they'd maybe just be entirely penal reform or entirely housing or entirely environment. Whereas I think we actually have the advantage where we can make links across those. So housing is very linked with prison policy, housing is very linked with environmental justice. And then I suppose Kevin, our team leader's area of economic justice is very linked to those all. So we get to do a lot of very interesting work and I think very important work that cuts across those four areas very well. That's a good point, isn't it, Kira? Because I think in particularly in terms of the environment, like if we do that in a silo, like we all end up in trouble because everything has a knock-on effect, particularly environmental justice, which may be decisions in the first world that can have an effect in the global south. So that tying up is very important, isn't it, of not being in a silo? Yeah, so environmental policy and environmental justice, it is extremely broad and it does touch on every single part of humans, I suppose, because you survive within your environment. So if your environment is being destroyed, then you cannot thrive. So the environment does touch on everything and there's always consequences and knock-on effects of when you impact one area, then there's always consequences. So when we look at environmental policy, we follow the integral ecology approach where you look at it completely holistically and include the social justice aspect, which is just as important as the environmental protection aspect. And even on a practical level, like I'm thinking of the the movement with Greta Thunberg and the young people and then, you know, the the older people come back and say, well, you're never off your iPads and your iPhones, you know, like there are ripples and ramifications that Mm -hmm. we don't even see unless Mm -hmm. we move back and take a look at the bigger picture, which is what you're saying, I think, Keith. Yeah, I think I suppose it's to have a sense of I think particularly if we're we're thinking, I suppose, globally and about I suppose our relationship maybe with the global south. I think it's very important that we're conscious of, I think, the impact we have on the world as well, because I think we have. And I suppose what Greta Thornburg is highlighting as well is our high levels of consumption as well, the, the level we consume and the emissions we have will have will probably be largely, I think, protected from that. But I think people that live in the global south will feel the the effects of that in a much more real way, much more quicker than we will. And I think we have, uh, it's not just enough for us to talk about the rights that people have, but we have very clear responsibilities in that area as well. And I think if we, I think it's it's important for us to press on, on people. And I suppose that's Kira's work uh, and the work we do is try to really highlight the responsibilities we have. We can't um, we can't just kind of say this is something that will resolve itself, that we might have the means to protect ourselves, but I don't think other people will necessarily. Do you think also it's an advantage being in the Jesuit Centre that you're not in the pay of the government? A lot of non-government organisations 
depend on their funding from government. Mm. So it gives you a greater freedom maybe to be to speak out more and to be perhaps more critical where they can't be. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an advantage. So money. Yeah. So if where we get our funding from, it's completely independent. So it does give us the freedom to be as critical as we think is necessary. And I think that was witnessed in the government's report that came out recently. I mean, it was welcomed roundly at the start, but then, I, but I think the Jesuit Centre for Faith and Justice were much more nuanced. I think initially, I, th- I suppose if you're addressing the climate action plan that came out, I think initially, I think it was welcomed. I think, I suppose that just, it points to, I think, the um, the dearth of uh, progress had been in that area. I think a lot of other actors within kind of climate justice, they were really just, I think, I suppose, sense of relief that something yeah. had been there. But I think, I suppose we're conscious of how often that's, we're very much about care about concrete action. And I think policies can be very much a paper exercise as well. And I suppose uh, what's been proved in the last couple of months as well, it has been very much a paper exercise as well. And, so and I, you said that from the start, that this had to be, you know, rooted in action. Absolutely. It had to, uh, like, I suppose even last week, our emissions for 2018 are, are up. And I think we're not going to meet any of the targets that we've agreed as well. So there will be, I suppose, um, future fines as attached to that as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's been it's just been very clear that and even I suppose even most recently, I think the willingness to accept, I suppose, fracked gas from overseas as well. I suppose that's pushing the ill effects of kind of our consumption to other people as well, um, which we need to very much invest in renewables as well. And I think there's just very little, um, I think, creativity. I suppose to, to add what um, I suppose the previous question about fun as well I suppose it leaves us kind of I suppose we would see our role a little bit as we can be not idealistic but we can push the envelope on what we'd suggest as well and that's just not just being critical for the sake of it but I think it it creates a bit of space for other NGOs to say look we need to actually ask more of our government as well we can't just kind of be satisfied for a policy with very little kind of concrete action behind it but we can actually say because I suppose to talk about even our response to kind of the three-year anniversary of Rebuilding Ireland as well, that we were very, we talked about a very wide-scale kind of public housing building project as well. And I think some people had started that kind of prior to to us as well, but I think to be very firm in that, that there is the current mix of, of largely private and very residual public building isn't working. So we were very strong that this needs to be a widespread kind of very concerted um, public effort, a public housing effort. And so, yeah, I think not having and also as well, I suppose, not having government funding or kind of because often funding rarely has will rarely not have any strings attached mm. to it. So it allows us to like we're also considering work on trafficking within prison as well. So we, we can actually push to the margins. Cause that's Sorry, often, trafficking what? Uh, people that are trafficked that often that may end up within prison as well. So people that are already very marginalised kind of suffering further injustice as well. So I think it allows us to kind of, and I suppose that's, I suppose that's part of the Jesuit tradition as well, is to go to the very marginalised as well. And that, I think that allows us to do that as well. So, And finally, Kira, I listened to Keith there and I know Peter McFerry has been, and I've interviewed him often about the homelessness yeah. problem and mm-hmm. has warned and warned and warned of the crisis we are now in and has been consistently proved right and nothing has happened. Are you, from the environmentalist angle, more hopeful because the action is coming from the ground up that governments may just really have to listen on this one? Yeah, I think because there is a kind of grassroots movement in terms of environment, that is a great source of hope in terms of that action might be done. But overall, I think it it kind of 
comes from uh, the same root cause of like a lot of the inaction and climate and inaction and other social issues such as homelessness and and like even just poor urban planning kind of comes I, I feel comes from like a similar root of just the way that the thinking is happening now within the government so uh, hopefully if one if one changes and another it might have a knock-on effects another area of policy just from new waves of people coming in so but yeah in terms of the environmental movement the grassroots movement is definitely helping that but it does need to translate in terms of government policy and actual large-scale action and finally just one quick word you've been in the job just a couple of months happy so far yeah it's a great place to work so um it's lovely yeah, we both started in June, I think, so um, it's probably coming up on four or five months now. Very, very happy to work there. I think there was already um, a number of people in place, so it was very easy to transition in and, to, and just to start work straight away. And I think I think John, as our director, is very, very supportive and very, very willing for us to kind of use our areas of expertise and kind of abilities as well in that area. So, yeah, no, I'm delighted. Yeah. Push out the boat. Absolutely. Thanks very much. Wish you all the best in your future. Thank you very much. Thank you.